Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. Good to be back on the show. And in today's show, we've got a couple of fun topics that we're going to do. Uh, we're going to bring back our Would You Rather segment from last episode, where we did eight different comparisons of players. We'll have eight more for you today. And we'll also do our first ever listener mailbag segment, where we'll take questions from various listeners of the podcast and answer them to the best of our ability. But first, uh, we've got a really nice review that came in on Apple Podcasts. If you want to uh, review our podcast, you can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, uh, go to our channel, and then type in a review and send it in. So this review comes in from Pemble 289 The title is Absolutely Spectacular. It says, these young men truly have captured the meaning of fantasy football. I have never listened to anything more fascinating or brilliant in my entire life. It's beautiful how their ideas about football link together in a way that is both inspiring and mesmerizing. I cannot express the sheer amazement that I have felt after listening to these sports enthusiasts. Listen to any one of their podcasts in your life will be changed forever. I love you, Calvin and Chris. Continue your fantastic work. Uh, yeah, much appreciated on the review. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Maybe exaggerating just a little bit, but thank you so much for that review, uh, APEMBLE289. Um, it's definitely much appreciated. And again, if you want to review us, you can go to our podcast channels, type in a review, and who knows, maybe we'll read your review on the podcast as well. So we'll get into our topics for today. And as I said, the first topic is going to be sort of a would you rather segment from last episode. So in case you did not listen to last episode, which you should definitely do, uh, we're going to do eight different comparisons between two players. We're going to talk about well, which one Chris and I would prefer. So I think the first comparison, uh, we're going to do two from quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So the first comparison, Chris, uh, is about a, a two elite QBs coming into next year, both with one with more question marks than the other. The first, so it's going to be Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Russell Wilson on this one. I mean, he had an MVP caliber season next year. There's not much change in that Seahawks offense, so I really like him next year. Yeah, I think it's sort of – the Seahawks offense doesn't pass a ton, but I think Deshaun Watson is the quarterback with way more question marks here, especially after his elite receiver DeAndre Hopkins leaves. I have no doubt that Deshaun Watson is talented enough to be in the elite tier of QBs, and I believe he'll still be on the outside of that tier. But Russell Wilson has been doing this for years and years. He hasn't lost any weapons. He's got Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, another year under his belt. So I think that he's the better choice here and the safer choice. Yeah, like um, I've said on past podcasts, I mean, if Lamar Jackson wasn't there last season, Russell Wilson was the obvious MVP, and he definitely played an MVP season. And I see him playing a similar – having a similar year next year. There's not much change, like you said. But with DeAndre Hopkins gone, I mean, you just can't trust Deshaun Watson. I don't know if his legs can carry him to be in that – the in the top of the line quarterbacks, like top three. But I think he's going to be more of a fifth – play sort of at QB, QB5. Yeah, I think somewhere around there, mid-tier QBs. I think the top of the QB uh, line is very good this year with Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, mm -hmm. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott. I think would yeah. all be ahead of Deshaun for me this year. Yeah, and just the question marks don't allow him to be in that group of elite guys. Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, so the next comparison of quarterbacks, this is sort of an interesting one. This is two different types of quarterbacks. So Chris, Josh Allen or Drew Brees? And we've debated this over and over again, the positions of Josh Allen and positions of Drew Brees. But I really like Drew Brees going into next season. He has so many weapons. And I feel like he's – these are his last few years. And I, I – for some reason, I have a gut feeling that he's going to kind of put something forward that we've only seen, like, in his years that were more closer to his prime. I mean, 
that offense just just, ha- just has so much potential, and I love him so much next year. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with – I like what you're saying about Breeze, and I still think he'll be in the QB1 tier. But I think I'm going to go with Josh Allen here because of his rushing ability. And I think that with most of the top quarterbacks in the league now these days in terms of fantasy football, uh, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, all have at least some sort of rushing ability. With the exception of Dak Prescott, all of the guys in the elite tier have some sort of rushing ability. And so since Josh Allen is more of a runner, running – rushing yards obviously pick up more points in fantasy than passing yards so I think that rushing ability to add so much to his potential and while Drew Brees was great at the end of last year he has been plagued in fantasy by occasional inconsistencies throughout his career and I think another year aging won't help him so I think it's Drew Brees is still a back-end QB1 for me but I think I'd go with Josh Allen here for his rushing potential. Here also one thing that I'd rather like I when we're doing a would you rather I think Player by player, I'd still say Drew Brees. But if you're thinking that you like Josh Allen more, which Calvin's bringing up some great points, it still might not be super worth it to pick Josh Allen because he's going earlier than Drew Brees. So if you like them in a similar kind of – you'd like them both kind of the same, I'd recommend taking Drew Brees because he'll be available later in the draft. Yeah, I think there are a lot of guys like that who are dropping later in the draft. For example, Dak Prescott, is his ADP is going to be very low once again this year. So and even it, yeah. if you say maybe Kyler Murray's better than Dak Prescott, which is which we debated on our last podcast, you can go listen to that. Um, so if you, even if you say that Kyler Murray's better than Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott, you can still get maybe get him maybe a round or two later than Kyler Murray, depending on how your draft goes, because his ADP is just that low. So he's going to be undervalued once again. So if, 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 even if you give Murray the slight edge, I would still aim for Prescott mm-hmm. in those drafts. It's all about how and, your draft goes. And like a, a, a seventh round Dak is better than a fifth round Murray, in my opinion. Like, yeah, for sure. Because even, they're already Even if you close. give Murray a slight edge, like you said, Calvin. Yeah, I think I would give Dak the slight edge. But yeah, um, me too. You can but. listen to why on our last podcast. Um, so now we'll move on to some running backs. And running back, we've got our elite comparison here. And this is between one of the guys here we already talked about on the last episode. The other guy has been consistent for a long time. So, Chris, Ezekiel Elliott or Nick Chubb? I'm going to have to go with Zeke because I think that he's – I we haven't really seen Nick Chubb as the lead pass catcher, so I don't trust that enough. And Zeke has just been so consistent. And Nick Chubb kind of had a boom season. That's his first big season, so I don't trust him as much as the consistency in Zeke. I think Chubb will have potential to be better than him, but I think you're taking a bigger risk going with Chubb, so I'm taking Zeke. I think I've been stressing about this one for all offseason. This is a really tough question for me. I think Ezekiel Elliott is definitely the more safe option, but I think with what you said about the pass catching, I believe with Kareem Hunt likely to leave Cleveland, I think Nick Chubb's pass catching will go back up to what it was more in the first half of the season when his production was a lot higher. I think his touchdowns will go back up as well. And his touchdowns may rise even more with Kevin Stefanski as the new coach who is very run heavy. I've talked about this many times on podcasts. I think Nick Chubb, if I'm going to, I'll say maybe Nick Chubb will score more points and that's sort of my bold pick, I think. But if you're looking for a safe guy and there is value and consistency, even if Zeke scores less points than Chubb, if you're looking for a safer guy, then I might go with Zeke. So I would side mm-hmm. with you if you're looking for more of a safe yeah. guy. And Chubb has actually been, like, when I'm doing mock drafts, I'm seeing Chubb ranked below people like Leonard Fournette. So you don't want to fall for that. You want to trust – got to trust that Nick Chubb is a top six pick in your draft. 
Yeah, it's, it's really interesting because like in terms of ADP, sometimes you can get like, you can get Zeke, or you probably have to get an early first round pick to get Zeke versus Chubb, you might be able to get at the back end of the first round and Chubb, that, with that comparison, Chubb would definitely be more yeah. of a valuable. I think that, that obvious, I think it's obvious if, if you can get Chubb at the end of the first round, he's much better than an early Zeke. Yeah, I think so too. So this one, uh, this is sort of the opposite of safe, both of these running backs. And the, they are in very interesting situations. So, Chris, uh, I'll ask you this. Austin Eckler or Kenyon Drake? I mean, yeah, this one's giving me fits. I just, I really like Kenyon Drake. But Austin Eckler, I mean, I had him on my team for at the beginning of the 2019 season. And as he's, I started to see Melvin Gordon coming back, I traded him away. But when Melvin Gordon was gone, oh, my, he was just going off. Every week, it felt like I was getting 30 points from him. And just for that reason, I'm going to have to put him with a slight edge above Kenyon Drake. And I know we saw that from Kenyon Drake at the end of the year, but I feel like, I mean, is Kenyon Drake much of a pass catcher? Um, I think he's probably a decent pass catcher. I don't know if he's used a ton. He's not used a ton in the pass catching game, I don't think, the way some running, like the way McCaffrey yeah. is. But or Eckler, Eckler is. Eckler's. I mean, well, I mean, yeah, he's just, yeah, like like Eckler, like McCaffrey, those are top two mm-hmm. rece- receiver running backs, I think, in the league. But, yeah, um, so for that reason, I mean, going to a PPR league, I'm gonna have to go with Austin Eckler just because of the pass catching ability. Yeah, if you didn't see the announcement last uh, last episode, we're gonna move to half PPR coverage, and we're working on updating our rankings. Uh, we're, and it's not complete yet, but we're working on it on the website. So I think I'm gonna agree with you, Chris, and go with Eckler here because I just think. Some is, I think the argument against Eckler is that maybe he's not more of the between the tackles guy where he's going to run the ball as much. But I don't think maybe it's possible he doesn't run as much. But I think he's shown himself capable of doing so. And with his pass catching and his point five points for all of his receptions he gets, like I think he had like seventy five or eighty last year. Um, mm-hmm. I think that makes him more valuable than Kenyon Drake. Although I love both coming into next year. Yeah, I think Eckler. These are two players that I like a lot as well. Yeah, I think, however, Eckler's ADP, it's another thing about ADP where I think Eckler's ADP may rise a lot throughout the offseason, especially if the Chargers opt not to yep. get another running back, which is looking pretty likely. I think Drake could end up being a good value who slips past most people as regarding him as, oh, he, like thinking of him as, oh, he's the former Dolphins running back who wasn't good in Miami. But I think that should not be uh, what he's referred to as. And so um, okay. let's move on to wide receiver. And the first comparison yeah. is sort of at the back end wide receiver one range between two guys. So Chris, Allen Robinson or Cortland Sutton? And these are two guys that I actually don't, I don't really like either of them coming into 2020, but I think if I had to pick, I'd go with Cortland Sutton just because I really do not trust that Bears offense. I mean, there's nothing about it that I like. And I mean, this is, this is really tough for me because I just really don't like either of these guys. These are not, players that I'm looking to add onto my team but I think I'd go with Cortland Sutton just because I think he's kind of been on the rise and he was good as he was really good towards the end of the season last year and Allen Robinson I just I don't trust him enough to put him ahead of Cortland Sutton Um, all right yeah I I can see your points I think but I think I'm gonna go with Robinson here but first let's get this out of the way I'm gonna go with Robinson but even if you think Sutton is better, there shouldn't be any doubt that Allen Robinson is a back-end wide receiver one. He does mm-hmm. go undervalued a lot. And this is yet another case of ADP, where I think Allen Robinson, maybe he had one good, really good year. And 
last year, I would argue, was another really good year, so I guess two. But I think he's sort of slipping because the, when people look at Allen Robinson, they don't really get excited, I feel like. And I think Cortland Sutton, while maybe people don't get too excited about that either, he was sort of on the rise last year. And I think both of them, they're similar in that they've proven they can catch balls from bad quarterbacks. Like they've Sutton from Drew Locke, Allen Robinson from Mitchell Trubisky. But I think I'll go with Robinson because I feel like he's very underrated and that he's going to get – he's the safety net for Trubisky and that he'll get tons of targets, which is yeah, great I mean, to be on. I really do have to disagree with you. I don't think I, – I think both of these guys, I'd take them as wide receiver twos on my team. I wouldn't put them as back-end wide receiver ones. But I get what you're saying about Allen Robinson. I mean, they're basically neck and neck for me, but I – in a comparison between the two, but I really don't like either of them. Next yeah, year. I mean, I guess there are guys up there like uh, – I think Adam Thielen is a good – breakout candidate for 2020 now that Stefan Diggs is gone I'm not too high on him but I'm interested to see what he can do I think he's moving towards the top tier of wide receiver twos so maybe he could bust in and dislodge someone's slot I think I'll go with Robinson here over Sutton although it is pretty close Mm -hmm. um and so our second wide receiver comparison and these are two guys that aren't far off from Robinson or Sutton depending on how you look at it sort of these guys are sort of in the mid wide receiver two range I would say so Chris Devontae Parker or Stefan Diggs I'm going to have to go with Devontae Parker here, especially with an acquisition of someone like Tua Tagovailoa. I think he could be really good next year. He's definitely the wide receiver one in Miami, and uh, Brian Flores is just a great coach. So I, I think he's going to really – I think he's his season is going to be similar to what we saw towards the end of the season where he was putting up 20-point games, 15-point games. Almost every week he was putting up above 10 points. Yeah, that was a great run for him. And then I think last year, I guess we were playing in a standard league. So even 10-point games every time is even better in that than mm-hmm, half PPR. Yep. So I think I would go with Parker too. And I think Parker is sort of it, – it's good that because he's another guy who's been – who's proven that he can catch passes from a weaker quarterback. Like he was able to produce very solid numbers from Ryan Fitzpatrick for the second half of the year. So if they stick with Fitzpatrick for a while, that's fine. If they get Tua, that's even better. And I feel like Stephon Diggs' situation is sort of muddled in Buffalo because of John Brown and Cole Beasley still sucking up targets and because Josh Allen isn't very accurate throwing deep. So I think I do like Parker, and I think he might go a little bit undervalued because of his past history where he's sort of – he was a bust for like his first four and a half years in the NFL. Then suddenly he broke out. So people might be a little skeptical. I don't think I am. I think he's the real deal. And I like him mid-level wide receiver, too, coming into 2020. Yeah, I agree with every, everything. You took the words right out of my mouth. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think – so I guess after we've – so for the so far, I think we've agreed on Wilson. We disagreed Allen versus Breeze. We disagreed Elliott versus Chubb. We agreed on Eckler. We disagreed Robinson versus Sutton. And we agreed on Parker versus Diggs. So that's pretty good. I think some good debate in there. We got three versus three. Yep. So now we'll move on to tight ends. So the first comparison is a, a guys who are not maybe quite in the elite tier, in my opinion, but this yeah, is a very interesting one. I would say, uh, so the comparison is Zach Ertz or Evan Ingram. I'm going to have to go with, oh, geez. Mm, this is a really tough one for me. I'm going to go with Evan Ingram because I think in the beginning of the season, last year before he got injured, he – was really good and Zach Ertz really dropped off last season there's I mean a lot more targets starting started to go to uh Dallas Goddard who we'll talk about in the next one 
And I think Daniel Jones is really developing, and I think he's going to be good next year. So I like Daniel Jones throwing to Evan Ingram. And as we saw before Ingram was hurt, he was one of Jones's favorite targets. Yeah, I think I'm going to – this is a really tough one. Mm-hmm. I think I'll say Ingram because of Dallas Goddard. Because, yeah, like you said, I think Earth sort of dropped off a cliff. And I think people are – with Goddard, I think people are undervaluing Goddard's value just because he's behind Ertz in that depth chart. Like, I think just because he's behind him in the depth chart doesn't mean that he can't rival him in production. And for the last half of the season, that's sort of what Dallas Goddard was doing. So Evan Ingram does sort of have a little bit of injury risk, but I think his talent when he's on the field is great. And he's sort of that short to intermediate guy who's going to suck up targets for Daniel Jones, which is all the, all the better in half PPR. So mm-hmm. um, the next comparison for me, uh, or, and for you, obviously, for you first, um, is going to be a sort of a, some lower down tight ends. Uh, it's an interesting one. Noah Fant or Dallas Goddard? I mean, I'm not too heavily – I don't really – I don't have the knowledge that I do in running backs and wide receivers that I do in tight ends. But I think I'm going to go with Dallas Goddard because I feel like there's a chance. I don't really like Noah Fant for the same reasons that I'm not as high on Cortland Sutton, just the quarterback situation. But Dallas Goddard, I feel like there's a chance that he could almost overcome Zach Ertz. And we've seen how big of a role uh, tight ends play in that Eagles offense. So just for that, I think that he has more of a boom chance that I like him over Noah Fant. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Goddard, too. And I think Fant is sort of the consensus over Goddard. But I do like Goddard more. And I, like I said before, I think he's being undervalued. And I could see him. You made a good point, Chris. I think I could see him in a couple years. I don't know how, what Ertz's contract situation is. But I could see Goddard taking over as the number one tight end if Ertz walks in a couple years. Mm-hmm. Because I think he is just that talented. So, and towards the end of the season, we even saw as Dallas Goddard start to take up. It slowly just went up, just taking over some of those targets that Zach Ertz was getting. And putting up, like, good tight end one mm-hmm. number. And he was putting up very solid numbers. So that's the biggest reason why I like him next year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So I guess we agreed on the uh, last two. So we got five agreements, three disagreements, just like last time. So yeah. that's pretty good. So we're, we're going to go with our mailbag. And we've got 12 questions here for you guys coming in from various listeners of the show. If you want your question to be read on the show, you can email us at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. Email us your questions about fantasy football, and who knows, maybe they will go on the show as well for future mailbag episodes. So the first question, um, and this is sort of an interesting one, it's uh, could fantasy players in the fantasy season be affected by the coronavirus? Chris, what do you think? I think it's – I think – it won't be affected too much because the NFL seems optimistic about starting on time. But the main effect that I think it could have is on free agents and rookies just because of a diminished training camp due to because they can't practice due to this coronavirus. So it really depends on when the coronavirus starts to die down and when people are safe to be back together and in groups. So it's kind of a it we don't know the answer yet. It's a TBD sort of. Yeah, I think the NFL is optimistic about the season starting on time, but even if it does, I agree with you that there are some complications. Training camp may be delayed or shortened. Free agents and rookies may not have as much time to prepare. So I think it will be affected in some way. Whether it affects the regular season remains to be seen. I really hope it does. Like those fantasy football seasons, one yeah. of the best times of the year. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, that, I hope it doesn't, but it still remains to be seen whether it affects the regular season. Um. So the next question, this is sort of a similar question. How will the NFL draft be affected by the coronavirus? 
So it's going to be all online and there's going to be like, I'm, I'm actually not sure if it's still going to be televised, but there's going to be kind of a hub where teams are going to communicate. And I think the picks might be people, teams might be given a little more time to work on trades just because of just the whole online thing. And I think it's going to be more affected for the viewer and not as much for the teams. So, I, I mean, not too big of an impact. Yeah, I, I hope it'll still work out okay. With all the cancellations in Vegas for the draft, it is going to be all online. The commissioner should announce picks online. I would think it's still going to be televised. Um, so, yeah, but it's going to be interesting to see if teams get extra time for trades or whatnot because it's online. But we were talking about this before the show. Can you imagine if the Wi-Fi just cuts out? And then yeah. there's like, or there's like a power outage. Like, and mm-hmm. then this draft is just down. Like, that would, that yeah, would, that, be, that would be funny. And then the timer just ticks away and then... And then it, it's that the say the the Ravens become that one team in the mock draft that's auto picking. <laughs> yeah, if, if they auto pick, that'd be funny. Yeah. I wonder if they, they. I guess they would just delay it, but that'd be pretty funny yeah. if they had an auto pick function in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, so this next question is not about coronavirus because uh, we got some. I don't. I very. It's there's very, no reason why it's not by, uh, about not about coronavirus, but. Yeah, it's just a good fantasy question, which we like to talk about. So the question is, Chris, do you think AJ Green is still a top seven round pick? I do. I think he, I have him right at number 25. So that's why I would put him there. And I think once you get to round seven, most teams already have their, you want kind of want three running backs and three wide receivers, I'd say by round seven. I think that's kind of what you're looking at. So, as number 25 in my rankings, he fits in there. So, that's all. I'll keep him as a top seven round pick. Yeah, I think um, it de- sort of depends on how your draft goes. But you should have at least two wide receivers after round seven. And I think some teams will have three. So, if you're thinking A.J. Green is a wide receiver too, which I think he is, I think he's still a top seven round pick. Yeah, I think he's right outside. Leagues. Yeah, Maybe not. In 10 team leagues, that's an interesting question. But I think in 12 team leagues, he is right there is a top seven round pick maybe you could even argue depending top on six. how you think of his injury history top six or top five rounds and like I wouldn't go as far as top five but I would say most likely top six yeah he's a guy who sort of is like it, he has so much potential but if he gets hurt all that potential goes down the drain and so and the next question is a good question so this question comes in it's how will the trade of Stefan Diggs and the departure of defensive linemen Everson Griffin and Linval Joseph and cornerback Xavier Rhodes affect the value of Dalvin Cooks. Those are three defensive components from the Vikings. So, Chris, what do you think? I don't think Dalvin Cook is going to take much of an impact. I don't think the defense plays too big of a role in this. I think Dalvin Cook is still the centerpiece of the offense. I mean, I think you can expect the Vikings to pick a receiver in the draft, maybe in the later rounds, hopefully to take up a little bit of space, someone that can – spread the field along with Adam Thielen, but I don't see much impact on Cook here. Yeah, I just think uh, the defense, I think the only impact that it would have is if the Vikings get behind in games more because their defense is letting in more points. But I think since Dalvin Cook is the centerpiece of this offense, he is and he always will be, I believe, the injury history is the main thing to worry about for him. But if he's on the field, he's going to get carries no matter what because he's just too talented to leave out of the offense. I think the trade of Diggs maybe allows teams to stack the box more. But I, don't, I think Cook is just too talented. And you've yeah. seen, we've seen guys like Joe Mixon do really well with a bad offensive line. And Cook is, I would 
say definitely more talented than Joe Mixon. Mm-hmm. So I believe he could do it. Yeah. And uh, I'll, I'll give you the next question, Calvin, since I know you love Josh Allen. Do you think Josh Allen will have less fantasy value since he most likely won't have as many rush yards with Diggs stretching the field and as a number one wide receiver? Uh, I disagree. I don't think Allen will have less rush yard, rushing yards. I think if anything, he'll have more because he's got this vertical threat who can open up the field, give holes. It'll make the it tougher for teams to stack the box against him. So I think that'll open up some more rushing lanes. It just gives teams another thing to worry about. And Allen, like we talked about, already does throw deep a lot. So I don't think this is going to be something where Diggs sucks in Diggs sucks in targets and they change their whole offensive philosophy because Josh Allen is a running quarterback. I think if they change their offensive philosophy, it would not be very smart because it would not be fitting his needs best. So I don't think his value changes it very much. If anything, it might go up a little because of this mm-hmm. trade. Yeah, I mean, this might be the first thing that we've agreed on for all of our episodes on Josh Allen. I think he will be getting more rush yards. Or not, I won't say he will be getting more, but I don't think he's going to have a drop-off. Yeah, I just think it's, it, it's um, with Diggs, it's just another guy to I help think out. O- overall, as a passing, in the passing game, it obviously boosts his value with someone like Diggs, who can stretch the field, but who can still kind of play a workhorse kind of role and get a lot of targets. And then the running game, if anything, like you said, Calvin, it'll go up, but I think it'll stay pretty close to the same area that we've seen over the past couple of years. Yeah, I agree. So, um, who this next question is about the NFL draft, and it's who will go top five in the NFL draft? So, Chris, yeah, you can go first, and then I'll read mine as well. Okay, Actually, I'm going to do it pick by pick, or do you want to just read yours? Let's just go pick by pick. So, we're going to go with Joe Burrow, number one, and I think we both agree on this, right? Yep, um, I agree on that. And so, I would say Chase Young, number two, to the Redskins. Joe Burrow goes to the Bengals, obviously. Yeah. Chase Young to the Redskins at number two. And I think number three is where we're – I guess it sort of a, gets a little complicated. I would say Jeff Okuda goes to the Lions. Uh, he's a cornerback, and I think he's by far the best, most talented cornerback in the um, draft. With the Lions trading Darius Slay, they'll want a shutdown corner to replace him to line up across newly signed mm, yeah. corner Desmond Trufant. And Okuda is just at another level among cornerbacks. He's obviously the best in the draft, so – if you want a playmaker, someone kind of similar to Darius Slay, I think he's the right guy to fill that role. Yeah, I think I, – I, so I guess we agree on the top three. I think number four is where it gets a little different because there are many ways the Giants could go with this pick. Chris, I think you were saying maybe Isaiah Simmons at linebacker. Yeah, I, Isaiah Simmons is just such a dynamic player. I mean, he's lined up at, at, cor- at cornerback. He's lined up at safety. And obviously his main position is the linebacker. So he's a – He's a chess piece that any defensive coordinator wants. I mean, he just can do anything that you ask him to. And that's a, I think that's a defensive coordinator's dream. He's such a big playmaker on the field. He has such an impact on the game that I think this is the right pick for the Giants. They really need that defensive guy that can kind of make a difference because we haven't seen that in the Giants in Giants team since they were going on their Super Bowl, Super Bowl runs back in 2010 and 2012. Yeah, I think um, that's one way they could go with the pick, and I think that's definitely very possible. Uh, another way is I think they could draft an offensive tackle, and this draft is has no shortage of talents on offensive tackles. Mecky Becton, Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills are all possibilities. I think that the Giants will go at number four with either Becton or Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas is sort of the name guy um, it, out of those two. I think so that could entice teams and he was being valued very highly coming out of Georgia. I think his draft stock has dropped a little bit, but I believe 
he is a very talented player. And then Becton is another option. I think that's the most likely option with Thomas. Um, also, but with Isaiah Simmons, he also is another option there at number four. And his combine, his incredible combine performance, mm-hmm. really I mean, boosted was, his draft stock. Yeah, he was running the 40-yard dash faster than some wide receivers. And that shows you, like, he's listed as a linebacker. And he's running faster than wide receivers. So it just shows you he can play any position with a good defensive coordinator that can help him, like, kind of – that can help him – live up to his potential yeah i agree and so number five i think we agree this is the dolphins pick um and i think they would take Tua to attack of iloa because mm-hmm, they yeah. need a quarterback and, and he Tua seems just had to be a, healthy yeah Tua just had a recheck on his hip actually today and it just came back more more positive i mean all 32 teams agreed agreed on a doctor to check him out and the doctor gave back a super good report so i don't see why the dolphins would not select him here yeah, I mean, this is great because it, we all thought some, – some of us were worried. I think all of us were worried that this might be another – one of those tragic injury stories like what happened to Ryan Shazier, for example, a couple of years ago. To uh, People were worried about he might not ever be able to play again. And yet after this injury, yes, he sits out the rest of the season. He comes back. He's full, basically fully healthy in time for the draft. So this is a great mm-hmm. recovery, and it's great news for the Dolphins and for everyone involved yeah. in this situation. I mean, you always love to see players make these huge recovery stories, and hopefully it leads into some good years for the Dolphins, who we think he will go to. Yeah, I think the Dolphins can't go anywhere but up, so you got to hope mm-hmm. that their their prospects rise. Um, so the next question comes in. It's about sort of the new CBA, kind of. It's what rule changes have been implemented that could affect fantasy football? So I don't think we're going to see much changes next year just because they're are many rule changes, but maybe in 2021 and 2022, as we see more games added to the season, obviously that's going to change how teams like play their guys. I mean, I think the 14 team playoffs also makes a difference because you'll see less of those guys that are sitting out those that last week because they'll a lot more teams will be competing for a playoff spot. So from a fantasy standpoint, I think there's a little impact, but not too much. Yeah, I think from a fantasy standpoint, unless you play like some sort of playoff challenge, there's not really too much that impacts it with the expanding playoff field. I think really the only thing that will make a major impact is, but sometime between 2021 and 2023, they will the NFL expand the schedule to 18 weeks, which means an extra week for fantasy. So I think that's pretty much the only thing that will impact it. There are some changes to the new like negotiations and uh, contracts and stuff, but not too much that will affect fantasy football other than the schedule change. Um, so this next question comes in, and it's about the Ravens. So this is says, what will the Ravens' approach to wide receivers be this offseason, and what will they do to replace Marshall Yonda at guard? Mm, so this was a tough one. We were kind of before the show, we were looking at a lot of the Ravens' draft picks, kind of figuring out. I'm pretty sure that they'll – I'm going to guess that they'll try and complement – from a wide receiver standpoint, they'll try and complement Marquise Brown with a guy later in the draft, a wide receiver, maybe someone in the second or third round that they can find, like T. Higgins or LaVisca Chenault that will drop a little bit. But I think I think that their main goal is just to get someone that can sturdy up and kind of catch passes for Lamar Jackson along with Marquise Brown. And then for Marshall Yonda at guard, I think they'll also – look to the draft or they can find I think they can find someone later in the draft and then maybe sign someone that they've had sitting behind Marshall Yonda because obviously Marshall Yonda was so good so he's had time to learn skills so I don't 
think that anything huge is coming to replace these guys. Yeah, I don't know. I think the for guard, I don't think it's likely that the Ravens use their first-round pick on a guard just because the elite tier of offensive linemen, Becton, Thomas, Werfs, and Wills, should all be gone by the time the Ravens pick at number 28. So I think if they're going to target a wide receiver in the first round, if they're lucky enough to get T. Higgins, although I have a feeling he may not drop that far, they could draft him. Possibly they could also get Justin Jefferson, LaVisca Chenault, like you said, Chris, Brandon Ayuk. Or they might pick a wide receiver at fifty, number 55, which is their next pick, just because this draft class of wide receivers is so deep that they could find a good value late second round. So mm-hmm. I think that might be a good uh, way to look at it. So next question is about Tom Brady, and it's how will Tom Brady being traded to the Buccaneers affect other Patriots players? So obviously the offense is just going to drop off. The GOAT is leaving. Sad for Patriots fans. As like many people, I'm not the biggest fan of the Patriots, so I'm not too sad to see him go to a new team. But Edelman, I think we'll see some aggression. Michelle, basically everyone on that offense and the defense is going to have to be on the field more, but it still shouldn't remain elite. Yeah, I think Edelman might be the one who's hit the biggest by this. This will be sort of the test oh, yeah, to I'm see sure. is if Edelman is truly – an elite a good like a good talented wide receiver or if it was just he was getting his value from Brady so we're, we're gonna get to see that um I also think Michelle will regress even more than he already did last year because Michelle, Sonny Michelle wasn't very efficient last year I think without a stable passing game he'll regress even more James White should still get his safe targets because maybe an inexperienced QB or a less talented QB will probably come into New England so I think he should probably get his short safe targets but he's not going to be too valuable. He won't be any kind of boom candidate coming into 2020. And I think what you said about the defense, it won't affect them too much. But I think on being on the field more with the offense getting worse will probably hurt them a little, but I think they can still remain in the elite tier. Okay, and then next question is, do you think Kenny Stills will have more value now that DeAndre Hopkins is gone? Um, I don't really think so. I think since the uh, – uh, the Hopkinses, the Texans um, signed Randall Cobb. I think that's sort of obviously Randall Cobb is no DeAndre Hopkins, but I don't think Stills's value is going to rise too significantly just because they filled in the spot with another body. Kiki Cutie, who was hurt for most of last season, part of last season, is coming back for next year. So I so think is Will Fuller. Yeah, so is Will Fuller. Um, although he also has had injury history. So I don't think Kenny Stills's value rises too much. It's possible it comes up a little with uh, the loss of Hopkins, who was just eats up targets. But I don't think it's going to rise too significantly unless you can get a good value on him late in the draft. Yeah, yeah. And, like, I agree because with Wolf Fuller coming back, Kiki Cutie uh, coming back. Uh, Randall Cobb being it? signed. Yeah, Randall Cobb being signed. Cutie. I yeah. don't know. And I think that's more than enough to kind of keep Kenny Stills in a similar role. I mean, he's been okay at times on the Dolphins. So maybe we see a little bit of an increase. But, I mean, I've been finding him in really late rounds of the draft, like final round I've been able to pick him. So I think if you can get him there and you still need a wide receiver, that's a solid pick. Yeah, in mock drafts, he can drop. So I think uh, it's not going to be enough to where – don't be like, ooh, Hopkins is gone. Kenny Stills, wide receiver too. No, I think he can be maybe a bench option, but I don't think he's – he's not a guy you should rely on in your starting slots. So the next question is about the Bengals and it's how much will the Bengals improve by with Joe Burrow likely being drafted number one and the return of AJ Green from injury? 
think the Bengals are going to have a significant improvement. I mean, considering the fact that they were, I think, did they have one win last season? Oh, they had like, I believe two. One, one or two. two. I'll yeah. look it up. So I think I'd see them going somewhere in the range of 5-11, and 6-10. and 10. I think Joe Burrow is going to be that guy that steps in and immediately changes the team, doesn't make them great, doesn't quite make them a playoff contender, but at least, at least puts them in the kind of the respected teams, somewhat respected teams, not the bottom of the league. And yeah. then the return of A.J. Green, obviously that's a boost. He's, we've seen what he can do, and with someone like Joe Burrow throwing to him, much, I think that's going to be an improvement over Andy Dalton, so... Yeah, they were 2-14. and 14. I thought I remembered another win, but I can't remember. I remember the first win. I don't remember the second necessarily specifically, but they were 2-14. and 14. So I think my prediction is going to be they're going to go 5-11. and 11. And I think there, there are still many holes in that team. Their offense gets boosted. John Ross is coming back from injury. He didn't play most of last season. A.J. Green is obviously returning from injury, like this question says. I think they also definitely should work on their defense and their offensive line. With Joe, Joe Mixon hasn't had too much trouble still being efficient, but I think they'll need a good offensive line to protect Joe Burrow so that he can get passes off and he doesn't just have to throw it away quickly every single, every single snap. So I think that's the, the offensive line and defense should be their priority this offseason as well mm-hmm. as drafting Joe Burrow. Yep. And so this last question is we sort of wanted to do it at the end. It's a pretty interesting question. As a first-time fantasy football participant, what should I do to prepare? And the first one is obvious. Listen to the second and goal fantasy podcast. <laughs> yeah, def- we got, definitely. Um, that's, we'll have that's so one. important. We'll have a fantasy football preview um, once fantasy gets closer. We obviously have these episodes, have a draft uh, recap so for NFL draft. So you should definitely listen to this podcast and you can find out uh, everything you need to know. But in case you need more, uh, information. I don't know some if other you do need more, but in some some strange cases, if you happen to need more than the podcast. Yeah, if you were like, if you were like, dang, I left my phone at home. I can't listen to the Second Goal Fantasy podcast. These are more things that you can do. We have you sort know, of four things. Most of them are on your phone, but that, that's okay. <laughs> All right. So yeah, I think the next one is doing research slash mock drafts. And uh, that's sort of, it. that's the most important thing. Get a fantasy magazine, look up articles online, look up rankings, look up our rankings or somebody else's if for some reason you cannot access our rankings. Um, and also do mock drafts. This is sort of a fun way to uh, get used to how people may be drafting different players, what their ADP is like, how people are, what players are underrated, what players are overrated. It's a good way to get the actual experience of drafting before you actually draft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and me and Calvin have been doing mock drafts every two or three days. And it's just, it's fun. And you also get to learn the draft room, get to learn what players are going where. It's really good practice. And if you do it with a friend, it's really fun. Yeah, it's, it's definitely. So mock drafts, doing research is always important. Another important thing, knowing your league rules. Check out if your league is a standard league, a half-point PPR league, full-point PPR, auction league, keeper league, two dynasty league, two quarterbacks, super flex. There's tons of different league rules that you need to check out that change the value of different players. For example, full PPR. In full PPR leagues, points per reception leagues, Derrick Henry's value plummets because he does not get those catches in the passing game. He is still valuable, but he is definitely not as valuable as he would be in a standard league where receptions do not give you any points. Mm-hmm. Although in a standard league, he's just top of the line, top three running back, I think. And then once you get to the PPR ranges, he stops in like full PPR. I think he's maybe just at best, like a top, at best top 10, I think. Yeah, I think at best maybe nine, somewhere a 10. 
I think in half mm -hmm. PPR, you could maybe put him six, seven, eight, somewhere like that. So, but definitely look at your league rules because that's key for your draft. Uh, like for example, Derek, obviously Derek Henry is one of those guys where it, his value changes drastically based on those rules. So the next um, piece of advice is pay attention to free agency throughout the offseason. Just watch what guys are going which team, who got traded, who's getting drafted, what value increases because of those moves, decreases. We talked about that on our free agency podcast, but um, mm -hmm. definitely pay attention to those transactions. Yeah, and uh, – oh, I just lost what I was going to say. Um, I don't know. It left my head. Okay. All right. So, but, yeah, just make, make sure to – Pay attention to the transactions, basically. And the last one, this is very important too, know your competitors and their instincts. Say there's your one pick, there's a guy who's one pick before you, and uh, I'm trying to think of a scenario, like right off the Maybe top. Maybe they're very, they, they lean towards quarterback. Yeah, say, say you're picking 11th. No, say not, yeah, say you picked 11th and it's like the fourth, the, let's see, the third round. So you're picking 11th, and then there's a guy you really want back to you. But you think that guy is going to take Mahomes – this guy is going to take Mahomes at the end of the third round, which is an overvalue because he likes quarterbacks, he or she. So um, if, you, if you think a guy is going to get back to you at, because you're picking after this guy takes two picks. So depending on what this guy's instincts are, if you know he likes the type of players that you like, maybe he wants sort of a breakout guy and you're looking for a breakout guy, then maybe take that guy at the 11th pick But if in that round. But if you're sort of thinking, oh, this guy's going to take a QB and then he'll take a safer option somewhere else, then maybe my guy will get back to me. Then you can spend that pick on someone who you think maybe you can kill their team, take their safer option that you mm -hmm. think they want, and then you can take your other guy later. Yeah, and it, it can really impact how your draft goes. You can really – knowing something about one guy, uh, knowing someone something about a person that you're drafting with – and then them not knowing something about you can really impact how the draft goes, and it can give you a, an advantage in your draft and in your league. Yeah, it's, it's huge. So the, listen to the Second Goal Fantasy podcast. Do research slash mock drafts. Know your league rules. Pay attention to free agency and know your competitors and their instincts. I yeah, think that's five the keys biggest to advice. success. Yes, five keys, and you will win your league every single yeah. year. I mm -hmm. promise. <laughs> no, I don't promise, but um, I, you will do very well if you yeah, do these things. Yeah, this is preparation. We'll talk about as the season gets closer what you need to be doing mid-season. Hint, hint, waiver wire, pay attention, stuff like pay that. Pay attention to the waiver wire. It's huge. I always make tons of transactions every single year, so it's always huge for you, team. Mm -hmm. and, so, and we'll talk about that more in depth in uh, future episodes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So um, that's it for the today's <laughs> podcast. Thanks for downloading and listening, as always. You can find us at secondandgoalfantasy.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. As always, you, I mean, not as always, as of today, you can email us at secondandgoalfantasy at gmail.com. Uh, submit some questions for our listener mailbag. Uh, so find us at various locations. Email us. Uh, write a review. Write a review, of course. Ooh, we um, got a lot to recap. So, yeah, that's all for today, and we will see you guys next time.